When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show, Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. This is Nerd She Wrote with your host, Dave Dufour. With Mo DeKeel. Are you ready to be entertained? And Seth Hartnow. It's Friday, so it's time for Nerder. She Wrote. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and Seth part now is my colleague today unfortunately dave dufour couldn't join us and this is a very special episode but before we get to the reasons why this is special seth do you understand now this is how you do the intro i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah go go check out our summer league episode folks where (laughs) seth just completely botched the intro when he told dave i really want to try the intro and and screwed it up but that's how you do it seth uh i I may or may not have forgotten what uh, entity we're recording this for Oh, no, oh, you I mean, yeah, it was pretty it was pretty epic. <laughs> it was pretty great. Um, and you are listening to us on the Athletic Podcast Network. And today we're going to talk to Seth because and this is really an interview, almost an interrogation and opportunities for me to yell at Seth more and more because Seth dropped his annual tiers, five tiers, 125 players. That means odds are some of your players, favorite players didn't make it. Some of them are in tears. You are not happy with, and it is causing tears. You see what I did there? That's good stuff, Seth. Thank you. I uh, I hate your favorite team. Oh, I mean, we all do. Hate your favorite team, hate your favorite player. But Seth, I just want to start out very quickly. Yes. What tools did you use for your tears? Uh, in terms of of coming about where I I place the players, uh, I mean, I, if you've seen the if you've seen some of the stuff on the athletic, the folks behind the scenes at the athletic did some great stuff graphically in terms of organizing the display. But in terms of how to slot players in, I start from a standpoint of of using some some advanced metrics. This year, I kind of did a blend of uh, estimated plus minus, which is created by a, a former. Uh, member of the Jazz front office, and then uh, uh, regularized adjusted plus minus. We can get into what's in those things, but basically it provides a, a decent balance, I think, of sort of uh, floor time impact and box score stuff that that gives a pretty solid start for where players slot in in the league. Um, and then I adjusted from there because that doesn't tell us everything. Um, these are very explicitly looking at how a guy will perform in the or or is likely to perform in the playoffs right now in terms of driving championship value. So regular season play is 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 a part of that. But as we've talked about a bunch, including, you know, last week in our mailback bag episode, regular season and playoffs are different things. There are players who are better in the regular season or better in the playoffs. Um, I think that that there's definitely some people who are a tier or two higher than their strictly their regular season uh, numbers might suggest, but that's because they've proven it in the playoffs. Yeah, and we're going to get into some of those guys because I do have some complaints, Seth. Sure. Because there's no way we did this without no, me finding a way to yell at you or complain at you, complain with you. But I liked one of the things I liked that you had in the tiers, and it was in the the tier five section, was kind of outlining all the different things. And one thing I found interesting was you call it the sophomore bump because I've always dealt more with the sophomore wall. But you go ahead and hit me with the the bump because I want to I want to talk to you a little bit about the sophomore wall as we get through this because I find that a little bit I think I disagree with you there a little bit more. So yes and no. I mean there there definitely is a, we've we've definitely seen situations where a guy's numbers, a guy's shooting percentage, what have you, might drop in their second year. But in general, I think that rookies we we uh, rookies tend to be bad, and it's not because they don't make shots, although it can be. Uh, it's more that that adjusting to the speed and physicality of NBA play, rookies make lots of mistakes. 
So if you if you look at impact metrics, I mean, if you make one mistake that costs your team one point for hundred, you know, one mistake a game, ex- the extra that you learn to not make going forward, that is a massive, massive. That's that's close to three wins a season. Just like eliminating that kind of one mistake a game, probably from the amount most players play, it's probably about two wins per season. But that's the difference between rookies and sophomores is as you're, especially the first couple months in the league, things are happening too fast. You're in the wrong place defensively. You're shooting when you should pass. You're holding the ball when you should point five. You're, you're, you're not taking an open three when you should. And as players learn the NBA game, those little things start to get ironed out. And so even if sort of the top line numbers might drop as, as a sophomore player, those mistakes tend to go away also. And and that's, I think, where the, the sophomore bump comes in because they're just not going to do that shit anymore. Yeah, but I also kind of look at it as also teams have a better understanding of who that player is. That's a great and point. And now, especially the ones that are more uh, the high usage ones. Like Paolo <laughs> Banchero is a guy who I'm going to be very interested to see how his sophomore season goes. Not because I don't think he's good or anything. Just now teams understand. They have film. They know how... Jamal Mosley is going to use him. They have an understanding of that stuff and so on. So I think that's the the interesting thing to me with the sophomore bump versus the sophomore wall. I don't think one is right or wrong. I just think that's part of, you know, some of the stuff there. But I know knowing that you're using the sophomore bump to kind of weight some of these guys up, uh, you know, help you kind of evaluate the rookies from last season is is something that I kind of just was like, all right, well, you know, there is that that wall kind of comes in a little bit. And we saw it last year with. I mean, everybody we felt like was fair or unfair was upset with Scotty Barnes, with Evan Mobley, you know, some of the uh, uh, major rookies that we had that we didn't feel like we got the the major lift out of them that we thought we might possibly have. I thought that was uh, much more fair with Barnes than it was with Mobley. I think Mobley was pretty damn good last year. Um, sort of the improvements we wanted, and I talk about this in the piece, the improvements we wanted to see from him were largely on the offensive end. Okay, well, you also just traded for Donovan Mitchell. So uh, when is he going to get a chance to show those things since you now have, you know, in addition to an all-star point guard and Darius Garland, now you have another one. So it's not like he's going to get a lot more reps in his second year than he did in his first. And he was just excellent defensively. So uh, I, I'm not sure what more we could have reasonably expected from Moby last year. Barnes, I think it's fair to say, um, m- did he take a step back or did he just did he plateau? It wasn't there wasn't the, the trajectory that I think we would have liked to see. And certainly uh, the Raptors would have liked to see, given some of the reporting on on how highly they valued him in trade talks. Yeah. Or, you know, the Raptors could have actually put together an actual plan in terms of what they were going to try to do as a team for a season. Instead, they just completely sucked. Um, but that's a whole story for another time. Uh, go listen to the Daily Ding. I think. Uh, our colleague Jared West, uh, Jared West, Jared Weiss, and Eric Curran had a, had a conversation about the Raptors. So go uh, check that out. See a lot of that interpod connectivity there, Seth. I'm on fire today, baby. Um, but speaking on on fire, what fan base did you think was going to be most upset going into the 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 tiers when you finished everything? You're like, oh god, because we know the history with you and the Knicks and R.J. Barrett. Uh, you know, was there was there one fan base where you're like, oh, crap, this te- this this group's going to be really annoying about whatever. Uh, I think the three that I was sort of most for, I guess the three teams were the Knicks again, just because it's a, tra- a tradition. And and I have I have some friends in kind of the Knicks blog world who are who were, of course, going to take the uh, the opportunity to tweak me a little. Uh, the Bulls uh, in large part, because I think. Uh, I'm lower on Zach Levine than than most and the Pelicans because, uh, you know, Brandon Ingram has consistently been a player I've been lower on than than consensus. And then just in general, um, having LeBron in tier two, which I frankly haven't heard, haven't gotten that much uh, uh, blowback about yet. But I was sort of anticipating uh, hearing about that just because it 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 and I it, I wrote this in the piece. It, it seems almost sacrilegious, but it's I think it's time. Well, okay, so let's let's just do that because that was one of my questions leading up to it. Why did LeBron fall to tier two? I mean, like, what's the the what was the numbers and metrics like? How did you come to hey, LeBron's no longer a tier one guy? Um, you can see, especially in some of his defensive metrics, he's yeah, I think we've visibly seen sort of the effort wane. Um, the best way I can put it is that like 
he's 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 an any given night player where he used to be an every given night player. And I think that's that's kind of the difference. I mean, you you're you know what you're going to get from, you know, the tier one guys by and large. It's going to be if not every night, most nights, there are going to be a lot of nights where LeBron can still dial it up and do it. But I think we saw a little bit in the in 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 the the playoff series against Denver. I mean, they were out talented, but you know he ran out of steam. I mean, he's was against thirty nine. He's played sixty six thousand minutes. Right. Like it's not. He old. He's old. He's yeah, old, folks. He's it's, old. He it, can't it was, stay it's it's going to happen at some point, and I think at this point we kind of have to. We have enough seasons of of that, and the fact that he's he's now picking up little niggling injuries, which didn't happen early in his career. It's just. He started to started to at thirty eight hit that hit that spot in his career where it's just it, it it's not going to be like it was. Yeah, and he's two A, so that's the important thing yeah. people need to understand, right? It's it's A, B, and C, so he's in the top of tier two, so like probably just missing the cut of tier one. But I agreed with you on that set with with that uh, assessment of LeBron. I think it's that that's that time, and it's impressive to have been probably been a tier one guy for as long as he ha- has. I know you've only done this the past, th- this is your fourth one? Fourth, fourth, fourth one, yeah. Yeah, so the past four years, so like, but if you had done this it's longer, he'd been up there 15 for a while. years, 15-ish, yeah. 15-ish years, yeah, that's. E- e- easily. Yeah. You know, um, okay, so let's get into some of the debates, and we're going to kind of go like in the way I w- was reviewing these things. So I went, you know, tier five chronologically, or, or worked my way up. I, I don't know, who cares? Um Clay Thompson in the same tier as Jordan Poole? I think Jordan Poole's probably a better player than he showed last year. Is is I, I think that Poole is the more controversial person in that spot than Thompson at this point. Uh, I mean, ACL plus Achilles plus age. He's not plus the defender. playing with Poole. Plus playing with pool, it's true. Um, he's not the defender he used to be. Uh, doesn't have uh, the ability to to find shots in quite the same way as he used to. I think that that Clay has probably uh, gotten to the point where he isn't. I don't think that on a night to night basis he has star impact anymore. Um, I think he's still a good, good, useful player, but um, this is part of why we we've thought that the Warriors have been on the clock the last couple of years. And even though they won the title a couple of years ago, we kind of wanted them to uh, move some of their, their, their younger players for immediate help was, I think we saw this coming with clay with Draymond. Steph has largely, has largely held steady, but I think that, that uh, it, it, it's that impact, which was always a little weird with Thompson in that his, reputation always exceeded his metrics to a degree. Um, I think that with the Warriors having been, I don't want to say hollowed out, but not having the the all-around talent that they had in the KD years, the fact that that Thompson isn't able to <laughs> step into that larger role, um, I think shows that that like, top end that was always sort of just behind the scenes where he could always, oh, well, well we, we need it. And Clay just gave us a 33-point half or something like that. Uh, to to win a, a playoff game, I don't think that's there anymore. Yeah, I mean, he had a rough playoffs, but I think that's still. I still think he's working his way back. I think part of it was playing with Pool. There were a lot of times where Pool would go look for his own shots and things like that. Clay would come off screens and he'd be wide open. I actually think this is part of the reason why I think the Chris Paul in the second unit with Clay instead of Pool and Clay is going to be huge for him. I think that's going to help him get to those. Listen, 33 points and a half is kind of absurd, even when you're on a freaking roll. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, we might get like a 12 point quarter from Clay, you know, in the second unit with those with with the looks I think he's going to get from a guy like Chris Paul and so on. So I disagreed with you there. I probably would have had him in in, in somewhere in tier four in, in that regard. Um, I th- I rate him higher than Poole. I think Poole is going to he's going to have a magnificent season and score a ton of points and might even be super efficient. But he ain't gonna help you win games. He proved uh, that many not times. The way he pl- not the way he played last year. Um I I mean I I think that to some degree, I think we do have to say that um there are reasons to maybe give a mulligan on him not being in the greatest headspace last season. 
if, if we're going to be. I wonder why, Seth. Yeah. I wonder why. Was yeah. it a little hazy so, after he got uh, cold cocked? I mean, not just, I mean, just, but he's got to work with that that person every day. I think that's, yeah. that was not an ideal situation. And it's it's going to be, a, it's probably going to be a while till Jordan Poole gets a chance to test himself in the playoffs, if we're going to be honest. So we'll see. But I think he's, uh, I think he is a good player who had a bad year. I'll go a step further, though, because even before the punch and stuff like that, he was not good for them in that playoff run when they went to the finals. Right. And like they couldn't play him down stretch of games. And to me, that's 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 one of those things there where it's like you could play Clay down the stretch of games. And I think that's one of those instances there. And again, why I would have him uh, higher and, 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 and a different tier than Jordan Poole's. I don't feel like Poole has fully proven that, at least to me, with all that stuff and you know that's that's my just and by the way these are all quibbles like these are yeah. like i don't feel like you got anything massively wrong oh, actually no there's like one i think i'm gonna really okay, go well, at you on <laughs> no well, i think uh, to, honestly like the the line between tier five and and not in the tiers i mean that's i mean these are guys tier five are guys that give you a little bit of extra value like maybe push you over the top but aren't the reasons you're there and so the line between that and sort of more of just a guy is 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 thin. And you know, if we're being empirical about like where the cutoffs would be, tier five it 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 could end at 110. It could go to 140. We've just for for purposes of of sort of continuity at the athletic have have done it at 125 every year. So if there's a guy or two extra who's in there, or a guy or two who should have been in there. Yeah, sure. I mean, I noted the last kind of the last five guys out in, in the article and then someone like Kyle Kuzma or something like that. Uh, if you wanted to say that he should be in there instead of pool, sure. I'm not going to, I'm not, I wouldn't argue a huge amount with you. Was there anybody that didn't make it that you're like, mm, kind of felt like maybe he should, or you thought he probably would when you started this project? I, I Kuzma is, is, is one. I think he had a, 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 a Pretty good year last year, and then as I dug in more, I kind of kept down and down, and down, 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 down. And yeah. then he was, and then he completely sucked in your mind. Okay, great. Moving forward, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's not how I would have put it, but okay. Yeah, no, that's how you put it. That's how right. I heard it. Um, uh, you know, this is this is Seth's 125 favorite players in the NBA. The rest of you all <laughs> suck. Um, all right, I got a question in tier four. So, but well, actually, can we? Can, can nope. I? Can I say like? Um, one actually, one of the hardest things is, and and we talk enough offline that you know there are players who I, for whatever reason, either for rational and sometimes irrational, don't really like, and trying to balance sort of that distaste for a more objective sense of where they actually are was pretty tough. There are some people I like. There's a, there's a few players that uh, it's like I can't believe you put him in the tears at all. It's like I don't like him, but. He does some things that are pretty good, so I had to balance my 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 hater nature with a bit of objectivity. Your hater nature is very strong, though, Seth. <laughs> I, I I have noted this many times. <laughs> um, but going back to your hater nature, why is Carl Anthony Towns in in tier four? I thought. I, listen, I know injuries and things like that played a role last season, but I still think he's a very important big man in the league. Like, I don't know. We, we still have to wait and see how winning turns out for him. But like, I thought tier, I thought tier four was a bit low and, and four B too, not even four a, I mean, I think that you hit on it. Um, winning. Um, I think that we, first of all, defense is always, a th always going to be an issue. I mean, at the five, he presents some problems for you. And at the four, he, had uh, limited success, shall we say, alongside Rudy Gobert. But isn't that? But isn't that just a product of like the team kind of like he's not gonna he shouldn't be guarding fours. Like we know that, and that's why the trade was kind of so dumb. Like how much of that are we like some of this stuff that we we ping players on is really roster construction and team management doing a, a, a having a wild sense of like oh Carl Anthony Town can guard fours. Well, if he can't guard fours and is a bad defensive anchor at a five, where does that leave us? And I think that he's not the only player who sort of fell in that. I think a, a better player than him, and, and it's reflected by being in 4A, Demonis Sabonis has a, uh, a um, it's similar reasoning. Um, you know, maybe you could argue that, that Towns' shooting 
gives him more of a role as a as a support player than Sabonis is, and maybe. But I think we've also seen that that in postseason settings, um, would you agree with me in saying that we've seen Towns almost try too hard uh, with turnovers and foul trouble and and some really like uh, really kind of silly offensive fouls that have 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 plagued him in playoff and play in settings uh, over the last couple of years. That and and that. Um, being able to count on a guy is important, and I think there's some other players who are below where talent would suggest, and it's and it's you know getting a penalty for I don't know if I could rely on you in that setting, and and I'll be honest, Towns is a player who falls into that for me as well. Yeah, okay, I'm 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 fine with that one. I'm not gonna uh, really die on that hill. Sure. This next one, Seth. Oh boy, here we go. Oh boy, tier three, hit me. What's Mikael Bridges doing in tier three? No, he, seriously. Okay. No, no, seriously. Like this is, I know he put up big numbers when he got traded to Brooklyn. I know everybody this and that. The team still finished 12, uh, 12 and 15 in the games that he played in Brooklyn. When once he got traded there, got swept in the playoffs. Like, it's like, what are we like? Come on, man. Like, were we really like, okay. So he was the best three and D player in the league. And then he gets traded, and he's in a. It's only twenty-seven games. He's in a. He's in a primary role. Uh, he's sixty percent true shooting, thirty percent uh, usage. Do you know how many players in the three-point era have ever done that over a season? And I'm not saying he did it over a season. He did it over a third of a season. Well, there's only twenty-five guys who's ever done that over the thirty-some years we've had. We've had the three-pointer. So. Um, Admittedly, I've kind may have kind of been looking for a reason for him to, you know, the line between tier three and tier four has always sort of been the role player barrier for me. But his ability to get shots, I mean, he was already improving that in Phoenix, his ability to get his own shot. And then, yeah, maybe the team, it didn't always work for the team, but he, I, well, I don't know what else he could have done. Am I getting a little ahead of myself with him because he's a player that I've always kind of been in the tank for? Possibly. But, uh, more than possibly stop yeah, it more than okay. possibly you're human it's okay yeah. it's okay if you uh, this that but that one that one shocked me because to me this is jeremy grant 2.0 he's better player than jeremy grant but same concept his best role on a team and you talked about this in in the uh in the tears about like hey like his best role is going to be on a championship team, a three and D guy who can put stuff, put it on the floor, maybe be a third option at most and things like that. I think we, we saw Jeremy Grant put massive numbers up in the, with the Pistons. And I don't think you gave him as much love in the tears when he was doing that with the Pistons. I don't remember. I mean, I, I mean, Grant, I was, I was impressed that Grant was able to go from a sort of a fourth option in Denver to a first or second option in Detroit and be at roughly league average efficiency. Uh, Bridges has always been a very efficient player. And the fact that, yeah, he's not going to keep shooting the way from three that he did when his in his time in, in Brooklyn. But the fact that he was able to take on a huge role and be super efficient, that's the part that's different, I think, between uh, Grant and Bridges. Now, if that doesn't continue and he's a, you know, a league average, if he has a, you know, huge usage league average efficiency next year, you'll see him back down in tier four. But if he's able to, you know, guys who can guys who can score efficiently on high usage, that is the most valuable skill in the NBA. Yeah, but we we've seen guys get hot for 30 games. Yeah. We've seen guys get hot for 40 games. Like it's it's like you know what would be an interesting number to go look at is go look at that what you're telling me about having a 60% true shooting percentage on that type of usage in 20 or 30 game segments. And let's see how often that's happened and then go from there. In that sense, we, we both know, listen, the number is going to probably go down just because it's a crazy number just by sure of 82 games, assuming health and everything, you know, in that sense. But it's like, you know, I just think we get too hyped off of what we saw there. And then it's, again, it's just a little bit frustrating for me, Seth, because in some tiers for some guys winning matters, but for other guys, it doesn't. Like there's well, an element, uh, there's an element of that where it's a, it's, it's not, this is, this is my problem with it. He, to me, should be a tier four, a guy like all the way. He's not, a, he's not, you, you got to prove it to make it to tier three. Fair enough. That's a, that's a, it's a perfectly credible argument, but, uh, uh, but again, he was, he, as I said, he was sort of straining against the limits of tier four already 
despite being you know in that in that uh in 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 being the 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 new the new version danny green uh in shout honor out of, to uh, dave shout out to dave <laughs> um his so, ears yeah, perked no, I'm, up somewhere I'm, I'm I'm prepared to be proven wrong on that one, but I I, I think that we know he can be a a great supporting piece on a winning team, and he's shown indications of being able to maybe. I don't think he's ever going to be a first option. I don't think that that a championship team you can build with him as a thirty usage guy, as a twenty six usage guy next to a. You know, look at the guys in tier one. You're telling me that if he's the second best player next to Steph or Giannis or 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 Jokic, that's not a championship core. Yeah, I am telling you that. I okay. don't think that is. All right. All not right. not not I I need way more okay. proof Fair enough. than that. And I I love and, him. I just think his and, role I think we do this with guys. Players, and I've talked about this before, some players are perfect in the role that they're in. Can do more, but in the role they're in is perfect to for a winning a championship situation. Yeah. And I'll I'll cop to being inconsistent on the fact that that my preference is to be a year late rather than a year early on a guy. And uh, I think that that Bridges and and maybe one other player is are are counter examples of that. Um, and 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 so the, 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 who, who, who's the other guy? Oh, Wemby. Wemby, who was it? Who was you normally don't rank rookies, mm-hmm. and he was in tier four. Mm-hmm. What was your reasoning behind that? Um, he's in uh, in my basketball lifetime starts ninety one ish. That's the first finals I can have actual memories of watching. So in that time frame, there are the sort of the Mount Rushmore, if you will, of of prospects are LeBron, Shaq, Tim Duncan. And I think Wemby as a prospect goes on there. So that's step one. Step two is uh, most rookies are, because we talked about, have have problems. And he will have them too. Just between his his physical gifts and his movement ability, he's going to be an impactful defensive player from day one. If he can, if he can shoot the ball, if he can score at all. I don't I don't think it's a stretch to say that he will be a top 75 player in the NBA this year. I know that's a big call, um, and I didn't. I didn't. I was not doing this exercise when Luca came into the league. I think I probably would have had Luca in the tiers too. If it, it, so, it's like, you know, of of uh, uh, you know, there's a, a list of maybe ten players over that over that time time span that I would have considered to say, even as a rookie, I think you're going to be at this level. Um, yeah. and he's and he's on there. He's so, amongst them. Credit to you though is I saw him there at four and wasn't. Oh, whoa, what the hell, Seth? You're out of your mind. I'm in on Wemby. I think he's going to have some moments. I think he's going to struggle. I think there's going to be stuff that we're going to see from him where we're like, oh, wow, this or that. But I, I, I'm actually fine with that because I think he is in tier four. I think that's a fair uh, spot for him. And basically above a guy like Clay Thompson in that sense is if Wemby is that type of prospect, he will play at that level, I think. And I, I, I agreed with you on that. So credit to you on that one. Um, no credit whatsoever on Mikhail Bridges. I'm just going to tell you, you are wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it's, again, it's one of my favorite players in the league and and was one of my favorite prospects coming into the league when I was with the Bucks. So, uh, yes, I'm, I, I, I put on my big old bias hat there and couldn't take it off. You got yeah. me. Fair enough. Fair enough. I knew I caught it. I knew. I knew it. Seth. Um, all right. I got I got something here now in tier three. You have Kyrie Irving and Trey Young in there. Now, the I actually agree with you for the reasoning behind it. It's not skill. It's not basketball. It's literally. Can we trust these dudes? Go into that. We're trying to win a title. Are you going to be there? And and, you know, with 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 Kyrie, I mean, it, that that's a literal question. Uh, with Trey, I think it's a little a little more figurative in, uh, in terms of I don't I think we're at the point where we can say that one guy can't win a championship like Nikola Jokic couldn't get that deep in the playoffs on his own. And he is uh, like 
the best player in basketball right now. No he's the, he is. He, I, I, I think you can make a very credible argument that he is that he is the best player in basketball. And and but and we've talked about this a ton. Uh, the ability to adjust your game to accommodate playing with other good players to build synergy to build a team that that is. Uh, robust and flexible enough to deal with playoffs. I think we haven't really seen a lot of that. I mean, we did this uh, just the, the the deactivation off the ball, the defense, the 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 eighteen seconds on the shot clock. My guy just scored on me, so I'm going to pull up from thirty shots. Like those are it. I I, I struggle to get past those, and, and and while that's still in his game, no matter how impactful he might be over 82 games i just it you get into the playoffs and i just think it's it's easier and easier to deal with yeah and i i kind of agree with i know i agree with you for sure on that one with trey with Kyrie, it's just a question of like dude i don't know what's gonna happen what's the next thing what's the next issue and whatnot and listen if Kyrie's on the court and has a season where there's no issues Yo, he's he's definitely a tier two A guy as a player. And I think skill wise and, and and whatnot, it's just all that other stuff on the side tends to hurt him. And, on top and of which, I mean, even as, even aside from that, I mean, he's a guy who also gets hurt a ton. Mm-hmm. And I, I I tried to not I tried to assume health for the most part. But a guy who's only going to play 50 games a year because he, he only plays 50 games a year. You have to take that into account. It's oh, not like Seth. Oh boy. You walked right into my trap. Okay. You're oh. gonna hit me with you're gonna hit me with Kawhi now. Yes. You yeah. walked right in. The door was wide yeah. open. I wasn't sure. I said Seth might avoid it. What no, not? No. And then and, and so Kawhi in tier two. Mm-hmm. When we just went through, you can't trust Kyrie. You can't trust Trey Young. You can't trust Kawhi. That's why he's not in tier one. I don't know why he's in tier two. Unbelievable player. Amazing. But he's never I mean, on the court. So the way I think about it is this. You, you're you trying to win a championship. You basically need everything to go right. Things going right for a team with Kawhi on it in terms of him being on the court. You have a guy who, no matter who you're playing, you're in a situation we can, where where there's a chance we got the best guy in this series. There's, there's no matchup in the NBA where it's the Clippers with a healthy Kawhi, and I'm sure that the other team has the best player. I think he has, and, and that just having that chip and chair is pretty is, is is pretty powerful. I mean, it's a it's you know in a poker analogy, you're drawing live, essentially with that. That's that's sort of the 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 basis of my rationale there. Understanding everything you're saying, but on like skill. And and production when he's on the floor, he's a tier one A player, and and that unreliability drops him down a full a full tier for me. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You said a key word there when he's on the floor. It's just he can't stay healthy. And it's not, I mean, it's not even just playoff runs. Like the last, he barely made it through the Toronto Raptors finals when they won the championship. Like he dragged that knee. That. <laughs> he dragged <laughs> that knee all the way through. You know, it's like, and, and it was incredible. And you're right. Like when he's on the court and healthy, like what he did in that uh, series in uh, with Phoenix, you know, we're like, wow, this is amazing. But there's always the injury. There's always something coming with that. And it's just, we haven't, like the Clippers haven't gotten, they got one year where they got a healthy Kawhi. And that was the pandemic year in it. I mean, make no mistake about it. In my opinion, those three months off kind of helped him, you know, in, in that sense. But it's like, that's the first time they got him the first year. And that since then, not been right ever since and it's just like i just don't know i think we give him and the clippers too much credit because his teammates also in tier two and his teammates always hurt so no i mean the 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 uh the clippers need some stuff to go right in terms of those two guys being on the floor but again 
if they're on the floor, what's a what is a and maybe it's a maybe it's a unicorn right now. The 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 healthy uh, and uh, uh, you know two months with with healthy Kawhi and healthy Paul George. Maybe that's that's asking for for you know something that doesn't that can't possibly exist. But who has a better starting point than that? Maybe you know Denver with with Jokic and Murray. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm at the point now. It's and part of me. This is probably my bias. Just tired of giving the Clippers the benefit of the doubt. Mm. They've they've lost that, and I've given it to them way more than I should over the years. And- no, that's fair. I, but again, the way I'm thinking about it is is you need to get lucky to win a championship. What which teams, if they're lucky, are at the have the highest peak? Yeah, but you can never say Clippers are going to get lucky. You can <laughs> never <laughs> count on that. Having worked yeah. with that organization for that's six fair. years. No luck is always bad. Like it just, it's always against them. You know, they, they win despite of their luck sometimes. If it wasn't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let's, let's, let me ask you this question. If James Harden destroying Daryl Morey in, in, in China this week happened two weeks ago, would he have dropped from, 2C to 3A. He'd have been he'd have been right there in that group with uh, with 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 Kyrie and and, and Trey for the, the same reasons. Yeah, no, I mean it's that's a we've we've sort of had the the these locked for six weeks or so to to make sure that the that the presentation was 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 ready and and yeah that's uh that was not the. I wasn't wild about seeing that this week. It's like could, this couldn't have happened next week, but at least it happened early enough that I was able to acknowledge that had it happened a little earlier, I would would have adjusted. For, and I think, you know, we we've hit it. We hit on all the reasons talking with you know maybe the manifestations are slightly different, but it's the same thing. I question for you. Yes, and it, it, it's a bit unfair, but mm-hmm. a player gets traded midseason, kind of like Mikhail Bridges role changes and things like that. I'm looking I'm looking at Damian Lillard, assuming he doesn't get traded before camp or 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 before the season begins, he gets traded midseason or whatnot. How does that affect your view of them in the rankings? Because then your roles change. Your 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 expectations with the team's different. Everything that goes with it. How does that affect the rankings? Well first of all they're not rankings. Excuse I, me. I start- Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, sorry. He, y'all don't understand. He even yells at me in text messages when I say rankings. Um, I think Lillard is a. Uh, I don't know if, if if assuming that the Heat would be the destination. I don't know how much his role would actually change. The circumstances might he have better teammates around him, but he'd still have the ball in his hands a ton and be the you know late late game guy and stuff like that. Um, no, it's it, it's hard because so much of what a player does is based on. On on their context and role that um, it, it it you have to take into account that to some degree. Now sometimes that's an opportunity, and I think that you know Bridges never had the chance to show that he could be a ball and hands guy. I don't know what more he could have done in Brooklyn over that time span. And 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 you know your your position is totally is totally uh, credible in that. Well, okay, and yeah, correct. There, there's no way in 27 games it could be enough, but. Um, I mean, it's, it's sort of for, for Lillard specifically. It's more a little bit. We'll see where he is as a playoff difference maker, where where he hasn't really had the the squad around him for that to be, you know, a, a, a live question for the last. I don't know since the bubble, basically. Like he wasn't. He was not good in the bubble playoffs, in part because he had to play eight playoff games to get in the playoffs. Right. Um, uh, that year, if you remember, the uh, if, if, it was insane. It was yeah. insane. And so he'd been. I mean, he basically had had already played two rounds <laughs> by the time they they got to the Lakers, and and so he didn't have anything left. Um, but we haven't. We I mean, we haven't seen. You know, it was a little bit like we kind of like you, uh, bring Jamal Murray back, and Jokic will be fine. Right. And then, but Jokic had something to prove last year because we'd been saying that. And then he went and did it. But if he'd had a, a mediocre playoffs and they'd gone out in the second round, it's like mm, maybe we were wrong about that. And and so Lillard getting to a situation where he's on a team with those expectations, uh, it gives him that opportunity. But it's also the challenge and the possibility that it could go the other way, and then we have to you know adjust our thinking accordingly. 
All right. Well, let's move on to tier one. Okay. All the names you would expect in tier one. Steph Curry, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Jokic, Jokic, excuse me, should have been the first name I mentioned, by the way. Denver fans, relax. You put Luka in there, and I'm almost ready to say he should have been 2A. And part of it is, he, I don't, I mean, he was good. He had that sprained ankle right after the Kyrie trade, kind of kept him out, kind of hurt the Mavs' chances. But I feel like there should be some sort of punishment when you tank the last game or two of the season to ensure a draft pick. And I think, you know, and I understand that's management. I'm not I'm not killing Luca in that sense. But I don't know if Luca deserves to be one B. I don't deserve think he deserves to be in the same tier as Joel Embiid. Who's one B? I can't remember everybody else on. In, in, it's in, uh, uh, Kevin Durant is the is the third player in that group. So it's KD, uh, the Embiid, and 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 Luca with Steph, Giannis, and Jokic in tier one A. All um, those other guys, playoff guys. Luca, not even playing guy. Luca has been good enough in the postseason, despite a pretty woeful job of team construction around him. Um, that I feel confident that you put a championship core around him you you would give yourself a chance to have success i mean consider that okay there was porzingis but he was hurt brunson just just ascending uh, and got a lot better when he, once he got to new york who did the exact same things as his uh, as 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 doncic and kyrie who also does basically the same things and is you know in that unreliable tier are the only quote unquote star teammates he's played with. Other than that, like who have his best teammates been? It's been like Dorian Finney Smith. I like Dorian Finney Smith. He's a guy who, who I had rated highly before this year and kind of fell off a little bit. And so is not on the tiers anymore, but it's like the Mavs have, um, well, Luca's got all that. So we're just going to get a bunch of pure role players and fit them in around him. And that works for the regular season, but then they play in the playoffs and they are just so out talented by everybody they faced in the postseason. that okay. it it's, are we, are we, are we asking too much to say, well, he should be able to beat the nuggets or, or whoever else single-handedly they haven't played the nuggets, but like it, 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 I, I, I think we saw it against we saw it against the Clippers two years ago where it was two two or three years ago three years ago where like they they had they like the the Mavericks largely on the back of Luca like gave the Clippers everything they wanted but then because the Clippers had had some other guys who could do enough to get Kawhi to the end of games fresh and then Kawhi just in the last in the towards the end of that series like Kawhi dominated on both ends of the floor. Um, and that's that's was both a testament to where Kawhi was at that point, but also that the the Clippers had enough guys around him that they didn't need him to throw a shutout every night. Whereas the the Mavs basically are asking Luca to to pitch every third day and throw shutouts for them to have any any chance. Yeah, I I, I hear you. Still two way to me. Right. If we're going like you're projecting forward more, I'm I'm looking at past. I think, but I think he has been he has been good enough in the playoffs in situations where, like, what's what are what are is there a series they've lost they should have won? Oh no, I, I I agree with you on I agree with you what he's done yeah. in the past, but I also felt like last season, he especially you know down the stretch they faltered a lot, and some of it is roster construction. Some of it, I mean, Seth, go back to those end of games with the, with him and Kyrie when they couldn't even get a shot off. Like that to me, that's not that's not tier one. That's just my uh, at the very least, not one B. Put a one C in there, Seth. There were no one C's in there. At least make him one C. So, yeah, I mean, you're basically equating him to some someone like a Jason Tatum by 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 that argument. Yeah, I mean, no, but I think that, I think no, that's, that's, that's credible. I, I, I kind of think that was his year. I I I I think that's that that's credible. Though I will say it, this is not based just on one year. This is based on sort of a longer body their of career, work. their career, their yeah. career, and things like that. I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, I, I think last year was really damaging, and I think he's got to have a monster season this year. Uh, and and I don't know if the maps are good enough to to <laughs> facilitate that, and so on. Seth, I'm gonna ask you two questions here. Okay. Okay. First off, when you finished your tiers, you got all the rankings done. Excuse me, tiers done, and got it organized, and got everybody where you wanted it. Was there something that surprised you? Like you looked at it going like, huh, this guy's higher or lower than I thought, or this guy didn't make it, or I'm surprised this guy made it. Like what what were some of the surprises that you kind of like when you finished everything were like, oh, wow. So my first pass, I always have too many guys too high. And so the the after that, it's a it's a process of of almost the, the you know, when in doubt, push them down is I think how I've described it before and yes why isn't why didn't that apply to mikhail bridges you've made that point i'm not i'm not i'm done i'm done i'm right i've i've i'm right okay. i'm correct yeah. you're wrong we're moving no. on so that i mean so i don't think that's a surprise but it's always just sort of uh it, it's always a little sobering it's like okay there, first of all there's just a lot of talent in the nba so it's like you get you have a mind's eye of what okay he's a top 20 player and then you look actually no there's 30 some guys who are probably better than him and that 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 happens kind of that happens kind of frequently. So that's that's one. Um, I don't know if I have. Uh, I think the 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 other thing that is I think the, my evaluation of the place of a center in the game has evolved. Um, I think that in general there are some guys who. In the past, I would have Brooke Lopez. I probably who another player who I'm you know obviously biased in the tank for, but I probably would have had higher uh, based on both skill set and the year he had last year, except for sort of the 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 pure non ball handling five. I think is a is a diva, is a less valuable archetype in today's game, and I've I think I've taken a little bit longer to come around on that than some i don't think it's useless obviously he's still a tier four player lopez is still a tier four player but that also that i mean that affected other players like you know jaron jackson bam out of bio uh also you know there i think when i started this they uh um they were in i think they were in my first pass they were in tier two and they ended up at the top of tier three uh kind of because of that that you know very I'd good have, defensive I'd, I'd, I'd have killed you if they were in tier two well, I'd say, I, I, you saved I felt, yourself, I felt you the pain. Yourself, yeah. You saved yourself some yelling. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's it, it, just the, the degree of, of how much like I've come to internalize that elite shot creation is the thing for the most part. Now it's important that we say elite shot creation, because on the flip side, the players who I tend to be lowest on relative to consensus are pretty good shot creation because that switch from pretty good to elite there's a huge gulf in value there um and and so that's why there's almost a split like there's a line if you get above that line then you're way up and then if you don't then it's just like well now you're just using possessions that if your team had better players on it you wouldn't get to use and it would be fine um all right i have i have I lied. I I have another. I'm adding another question that I yeah. just thought of. You said you had two. You said you had two. So you have yeah, one I know. But now I have two. Oh, you have two. Left. Okay, <laughs> now I have two. <laughs> yeah. You're wishing for more wishes. As as it, as it tends to happen. Okay, who in the rankings now? Or excuse me. Sorry, sorry. I should get fined every <laughs> time I say it. Tears. Who in the tears now? It's like maybe in tier four or tier three. You expect to make a big jump next season. Just I know it's unfair. Early prediction. We're we're projecting a year out, a year from now. Who who are you saying makes a big jump? Uh I don't know how much there is for him to go, but I think that I think we both have pretty good expectations of the Thunder. And uh Shea is a guy. Um I think I would have I had Chet Holmgren top of my my draft board last year. So if he has a good what's now rookie season he could he could he could leap in at a pretty high level uh those are those are two um those those are the the two 
the two biggest ones uh, uh, to me. I um, would. I just want to remind you that two years ago, I told you Shay was a star, and you, you and did. Dave mocked me. I don't think we mocked you. I just think we mocked say, me. We need. We needed to see it, Mo. Oh, we needed. We needed him to prove it, and he did. I had told you it was there. I knew it. Um, <laughs> all right, my last question for you, and then we'll we'll wrap it up here. Any questions for me? <laughs> um, very. Who do you think? Who do you think that I that I was? Uh, who do you think I was the lowest on relative to where you'd been? And and who do you think I was aside from Mikhail Bridges, who was I'm, someone you thought I was crazy for where I had him, in terms of being too high. You know, I think for the most part, Seth, I'm going to give you a huge compliment and I just want you to take it and move on and not really do what you normally do, which is then try to be self-deprecating. Um, I think you kind of nailed it. Like there were no, there weren't any that were really glaring to me. I mean, besides the stuff I brought up, there wasn't anything that really made me go nuts. I think you're a little bit low on clay, but we talked about it. Um but there isn't anything that really kind of caught my eye where I was like, damn, what the hell is Seth thinking that I didn't bring up here in this conversation? So for the most part, I think you nailed it. And for those that don't understand, this is a ton of work in putting these tiers together for Seth. Like he agonizes through these decisions. So, you know, I know he really kind of puts a lot of effort in. It's easy. It's easy for us to all kind of come in to yell at him. It's, it's fun for me. Cause I get to do it to a friend and it's always, I, I yell at him for anything. So this is just gives me a new excuse. Um, but for the most part, I think you, you, you nailed it. I don't know. I'm sure the, I'm sure other people will disagree with me. Um, but, uh, I think that's the deal. I think you nailed it, buddy. Cool. Can I uh, say one more thing before we uh, sign no. off here? No, no. I want to. I just want to give a, a huge shout out to to you know uh, Rob Peterson, the, my editor, for for helping. This ended up being like we were trying to make the the writing of this shorter than it's been in the past, and still ended up being you know thirteen thousand words somehow. Uh, so th- thanks to him. And then uh, Mark Mazzoni and his team behind the scenes at the Athletic, who I think if you haven't checked out the pieces, I, I recommend you do so. Did some really really cool stuff in terms of being able to navigate and 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 filter and stuff like that on on the various tiers and i'm 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 really happy with uh with uh it, it's actually stuff that mark and i discussed doing way first way back in january 2020 and then some things happened that kind of got in the way and and uh like what able to I, uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um and and so we uh glad we were able to 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 we were able to make that happen and I'm, I'm really happy with, with how it turned out visually as well as, um, you know, from a, from, from a, a content and, and tiering standpoint. Well, Seth, take a bow, your team, everybody take a bow. You guys did a great job with all of this stuff. That's the end of the podcast. Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts on the athletic podcast network. Jared's doing some great stuff with the daily thing. Everybody's rolling around and, and, you're going to be getting all the different feeds coming through. And hey, guys, we're not that far from the season beginning. That's Seth part now. Thank you, Seth, for again coming through and doing the tears. Andrew Schleck produced. Thank you. He, by the way, Andrew always has his hair perfectly brushed. Like, I'm very jealous by that. Uh, Andrew always looking sharp, producing on the ones and twos. And shout out to Dave who could have joined us tonight. And uh, hey, guys, see you next time.